had a really good week, and uh, uh, we had a, you know, as we told you last time, we had a, a special event on, on Thursday with uh, uh, pastors from around the state, around the Northwest, even all the way up to Alaska, and uh, talking to them about uh, being effective and growing their churches, and so uh, just appreciate everyone's prayers for that. And, any part that you had to play, if you had any to play. I mean, of course, you're a part of this house, so indirectly you always do. And uh, But just had a tremendous time, just great reports. And so the kingdom of God is increasing, and, and, and he's using us to be a part of that. So we're, 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 uh, pri- we're privileged and honored to be a part of uh, God's growing kingdom. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. That means they won't prevail against you. That means they won't prevail against me. Amen. They won't prevail against us when we get together. I tell you, when we get together, there's nothing that can stop this mighty moving force. Unstoppable, impenetrable. Amen. (laughs) The devil's a weakling. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) And we always triumph in Christ. Isn't that the truth? you believe that so, that you always triumph? It's easy to sometimes to say amen when, you know, we're going along. It's kind of appropriate, and, you know, and I don't discourage that. I do encourage that. But uh, do you believe it, that, that, that the Lord has made you an overcomer, that he has designed that you would win in life, you would overcome? I mean, he, uh, in, in, in the real sense of the uh, truth of the matter, he is the one who overcame and he did it basically on our behalf, though. That's why we are uh, referred to in Scripture as more than conquerors. More than conquerors in, in Him. Uh, w- w- what does that mean, you're more than a conqueror? That means He conquered and gave it to you. You know, I heard, heard this illustration many years ago, and uh, it's always stood out to me, but I think it's good. But it's, it's uh, likened unto the the prize fighter, the boxer, you know, gets, uh, you know, a boxer, I don't know if there's any boxers in the house, boxes, but they don't, uh, uh, but they have to train, we're, I'm familiar with the Rocky movies and all, all that, of course, uh, you know, there's much training, it's, I, I, re- I remember back when I was in high school, they did these little smokers every now and then. They, that what they, they called them a smoker. I don't know why they called it that. It didn't have anything to do with smoking. But anyway, it was amateur boxing, you know, the, for high schoolers. And, and I only remember one of those, but uh, I went to it, attended. I w- wasn't participating. I was like a ninth grader. But they had three one-minute rounds of boxing. You know, and it's kind of, some people were interested in that. But it was amazing how after uh, three minutes, most of them could not hardly stand. They were so exhausted. <laughs> I mean, they tried to get in shape for it, but it just awakened me to the realization of those heavyweight boxers and of the various weights, but on that scale where they're going, what, 12 rounds? Is that what they fight? And how good of shape they have to be, in, you know, endurance-wise uh, to do that. Anyway, the boxer will work heavy, heavy, will work really hard and grueling training and uh, and then go in there and do battle. I mean, it's just you can't let up because one wrong uh, drop of the glove and you get clocked, <laughs> right? And uh, and they do all that. And the, finally, you know, maybe after 12 rounds, 
uh, split decision or, you know, a call decision, not a knockout. But someone comes out the champion. They put in all that. And at the end of that, of course, that's payday, right? Now they get their money. They worked hard. They won the battle. And they get their paycheck. And then uh, the guy, then the guy's wife comes over uh, and, and grabs that paycheck and says, Thank you, honey. Right? How many know he's a conqueror and she's more than a conqueror? Right? And isn't that, in essence, what happened with us in Christ? Isn't that kind of the way it went? Jesus did the heavy lifting. <laughs> Jesus went to the cross. He took the brutal assault, took the beating, took the stripes, took the whipping upon his back. He bore the sin of the world and bore all of the curse. And it was horrible beyond our comprehension. Right? And then died, went to the belly of the earth for three days. huh? And on the third day rose victorious. He's out of there. And what did we do? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, seriously, we're supposed to do that. He wants us to do that, but that's why we're more than conquerors. Because we didn't do anything to get it. I didn't do anything to deserve heaven. I didn't do anything to, to get forgiven of my sins. Did you? If you did, you're not forgiven. Because it doesn't work that way. Right? The only way to get in on it is that he did it all, and we come up and just say, Thank you. I received that. Amen. And we take it and we thank Him. We'll be thanking Him for eternity. For eternity long. Thank you, Lord. Here I am in Your presence. Thank You that I'm saved. Thank You. You have redeemed my life from destruction. Amen. Amen. Crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercies. He did it all for us. Praise God. How many of you know it's important to believe that? It's important to believe that about yourself. That you have been set free. You have been given victory. You're not struggling trying to obtain it. Not in a battle trying to get it. Well, I'm just doing battle with the devil. Well, you ought to quit. Because that turkey was already defeated. He was already stripped of his power. He was stripped of all authority, of all right and benefit, privilege and ability to rule and reign in your life, to dominate you. He was stripped of that so you could live victorious, a victorious life. He has made us kings and priests unto our God. Hallelujah. Amen. Believing it's essential. Amen, amen. Amen. If you have a Bible, look over with me at at Psalm 107, the 107th Psalm. Hey, uh, Pastor Bill, you get out your phone there and look that up for me. In uh, some some translations there, like NLT. I don't know if you can do more than one at once, but. Psalm 107. Notice what it says over here in verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Praise God. Think that's a good idea? Why should we give thanks to Him? Because we feel like it. Because the, the mood was just right. Because the song was perfect. No, thanks to the Lord for He is good. How many days is he good? Every day, all the time, he's always good. Therefore, uh, it would always be appropriate to give thanks to him. 
Amen. Say, why are you thanking the Lord again? Because He's good. Yeah, yeah. So he, He's good whether we thank Him or not, isn't it? Isn't He? He's absolutely good whether we thank Him or not. Uh, but when we thank Him for being good, His goodness comes into play in our lives. It, it becomes a reality to us. One of the, I mean, it almost seems unfair that the Lord told us to do all this, all this stuff, and we do things out of obedience, out of gratitude. But when we do it, it always kicks back in our lives and produces good things. Amen. So why, why are you in church today? Well, I'm just here to serve the Lord. Good. Or I'm here to serve other people. Good. I'm here to give. Good. But you know what's going to happen? Is it's going to bounce back into your life. It's going, to, it's going to manifest in good things happening in your life. It always works that way with Him. Amen. There's some people, some things you can serve in life, and the only benefit you're going to get, well, you're not going to get any benefit. They're going to get the benefit. Never comes back on you. Verse 2. It reads, Let the redeemed of the Lord do what? Say so. Say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord do what? Say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. So if, if someone is the redeemed, the redeemed of the Lord, uh, we're instructed to, to do something with that. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to say something about it. Wouldn't it be a tragedy? And I guess that's why it's written, because sometimes it is the case. Someone is redeemed. You know what redeemed means? To be purchased back to be redeemed that we were bought back from sin and hell and death and destruction he redeemed us he bought us with his own blood but sometimes people who are redeemed don't say anything they're supposed to say something what are they supposed to say so (laughs) they're supposed to say so Uh, in other words one of the big problems in the world today is people are experiencing God and not talking about it enough. Did you find that? Let's see. Thank you. Oop, I bumped it. There it is. New living. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others He has redeemed you from your enemies. That's pretty clear. Let me find another translation here. TPT. Uh, It reads, uh, So, go ahead. Let everyone know it. Tell the world how he broke through and delivered you from the power of darkness and has gathered us together from all over the world he has set us free to be his very own so go ahead let everyone know tell the world what happened amen amen so what happens in in the world too often is is that when something bad happens everyone talks about it i mean if if there were some really negative news that took place even today, and you woke up and heard about it or saw it on your uh, device or something, some type of negative, bad something happened, it would be the talk of the town, 
we'd all be talking about it. Everyone's talking about what, what negative happened. And, and too often that, that's true in, in people's own lives. Well, you wouldn't. You, you know what happened to me? No, what happened? Man, I got in a, I got in a, a car accident or something. Wow, what happened? Man, I broke three ribs and, and I hurt this and this. Or, or people like to tell their stories even if they were 20 years ago. Yeah, man, I got in this situation. Oh, I was messed up. <laughs> and I had this surgery and this surgery and I was laid up for this long and all these kind of things. And, and, and sometimes people get great delight out of telling their horror stories. Right? <laughs> and I'm not saying they're not sometimes intriguing. You know, uh, but I wonder what that what there is about that, that 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 when there are problems, people talk about them. I wonder if we've been trained by the enemy and through unbelief. We've been we've been educated. Talk about the negative. Talk about the negative. Talk about the negative. Talk about what's wrong, because that's how the enemy works in 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 our lives. How he gets a foothold. That's also how he destroys things on a wider scale. Meaning, how, how are people saved? How did you come to know the Lord, if you have? Well, you did so because someone shared the good news with you. They shared the gospel or the good news. That, because that gospel was shared, it got to you, you believed it, and you were saved. What if someone only shared the bad news? Well, I didn't get saved from hearing the bad news. Amen. Now, I'm not saying that the existence of hell didn't contribute to my salvation. <laughs> Nevertheless, if all I heard about was, was you're a rascal, you're a sinner, you're a bad person, and you're going to hell, I can't get saved because of that. I can just be depressed. Somewhere along the line, I have to hear the good news. I have to hear the gospel. I have to hear the truth. I have to hear how he loved me and how he gave his life for me. Yeah? And if, and if we're ever going to have an impact, a permanent, drastic, overcoming, life-changing, world-altering, shaking impact on this world, we have to be proclaimers of the good news. We have to be talking about what he has done. It, it's a, if the enemy had his way, he would keep anything good from happening in your life, ever. Ever, just period, just make your life a mess. You remember Jesus said he came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Isn't that what he came to do? Yeah, and if, and if he had his way, that's all that would happen. But unfortunately, he didn't get his way, and sometimes the truth got through to us. We believed it, and we're set free. What's the second best uh, strategy of the enemy? It's to get you and me to shut up about it. Something good happens. And I don't say a thing. Something bad happens. Text it, post it, talk about it, complain about it, grumble about it, right? Amazing things happen. Zip. Bad stuff happens. You need to hear what happened to me. What are the redeemed supposed to do? They're supposed to say so. They're supposed to tell people about what God did for them. Amen. This is God's design. It's His plan. Someone said if the Lord wanted everyone to be saved, why don't He just go tell them? Because He authorized us. 
He turned the job over to the church. He said, you are the ones who must preach the gospel. There was a guy over in Acts chapter 10 named uh, Cornelius. And, and, and he wasn't saved, but he, he didn't, it's because he didn't know how to be saved. He had a heart after God. He was, he was generous. He would pray. He would give. And, and it got the attention of the Lord because he was seeking after God. And I, I believe this is how things work. When someone seeks after God, even if they don't know the truth, the Lord will get the truth to them. What happened as a result of what he did, though, is an angel appeared to him and, and, and told him. He, said, he told him, Cornelius, your prayers and your alms have come up before God as a memorial. In other words, God is watching you. He sees what you're doing. He sees how you are seeking after him. He said, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you over to a guy named Peter, and he's going to talk to you. That might seem strange. It's like Mr. Angel. Since we're hearing everything, you're here, I'm here, I'm seeing you, and that's like abundantly cool all by itself. Why don't you just tell me how to be saved? Why don't you share with me what I need to know? I mean, it would be pure. You think you don't even have a flesh problem or a lack of knowledge issue. Share it to me super plain and clear. You know, see how God didn't do it that way? Because the angel was doing the bidding of the Lord. Uh, why did the angel share with him? That's not God's design. What's God's plan? Is that the redeemed of the Lord would say so. Not God would deal with people directly. Not he would go around us. Well, they might not do a good job, so I'm just going to go around them and do it. No, 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 it doesn't work that way. He sent them over to, to Peter's house. Of course, the Lord dealt with Peter, too. And by the way, he said, someone's coming. And, uh, uh, and anyway, there's a, there's a long story. You can read the whole thing in Acts chapter 10. But Peter shared the gospel with them. The guy gets saved and his family gets saved as a result of Peter sharing the gospel. Yeah, this is the way it works in our day. It's the way, it's God's design that the people of God would be moved by Him, touched by Him, healed, set free, forgiven, just have an amazing transformation in their life, and then they would become a voice piece, a mouthpiece uh, uh, of God, that they would begin to tell what has been done to them. Amen. Now, I know in today's world, there is intimidation. And, uh, and we can't be intimidated. Intimidation, you've got to keep that to yourself. If you say something, you say Jesus too much, too loud, too frequently, too often, people are going to reject you. People are going to persecute you. People are going to say all kinds of evil things about you. Nowadays, they'll call you a hateful person because you love Jesus. Amazing. And they'll call you all kinds of names. And, and yes, that is a reality. That's a potential reality. If I speak up, someone might not like it. If I say, no, this is the way of the Lord, walk in it, uh, someone's not going to like it. Amen. I mean, I've been criticized uh, and, and just, just for, for preaching healing. That God wants people well. That He wants their bodies to be healed. And, and been criticized for that. How dare you? <laughs> it's like serious. It's, usually that comes from Christians, though. Uh, 
because people in the world, I don't know, they may or b believe it or not believe it, but they're certainly not against you trying to get people healed. Uh, it's only religious people. And Jesus had the most problem with religious people in his day, too. These Pharisees and Sadducees and, uh, and, and that kind of stuff. These, these religious folks gave him the most trouble, especially when it came to blessing people. Healing them, you know, letting a woman who was caught in, the, in adultery, giving her, showing her grace and kindness instead of judgment. They, they, they didn't like the way he talked. They didn't like the way he did this kind of stuff. Amen. Uh, uh, amen. And that's sometimes true today. So we know what we're going into. We count the cost. We're, we're aware of the potential of what's happening. Nevertheless, nevertheless, we must be determined to be the redeemed who speak, not the redeemed who are hiding in fear. Not the redeemed who are quiet. Not the redeemed who won't speak up. Yeah? There was a man in the Old Testament named Gideon. I think it's Judges chapter 6. Named Gideon. And, and uh, Gideon was afraid. And he was non-influential. And uh, he was hiding from the Midianites who were there uh, uh, persecuting, attacking uh, the people of Israel. And the Lord uh, used an angel again in this situation uh, and showed up to Gideon and what he called him. He said, Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor. He didn't look like a mighty man of valor. He wasn't acting like a mighty man of valor. He wasn't doing any valorious, is that a word? Valorious things. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, uh, but he said, this is who you are. And finally, when he, you know, when, when he ex accepted that, he ended up being a great deliverer for all of Israel. Right? And the Lord has some good things to say about you. You may not see yourself this way or consider yourself able or capable of doing much of any kind of significance. But I tell you, if you are the redeemed, you are called to say something about it. Are there people in your life that don't even know that you're, that you're a believer? Are there people that you somewhat regularly associate with and they don't even know that you're saved? Have you ever had an answered prayer? H have you ever seen God do anything? Do you have any stories from your own family, from things that the Lord has set you free from and done for, for you? Those should be on your lips. Those should be in your conversation. Amen. Praise God. Turn over uh, to the book of Revelation. I might not get to my other message today. Not unless you stay. Revelation 12. I know it was quoted earlier by one of our worship leaders. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. 12, 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their, what? Testimony. How did they overcome? By the blood of the Lamb. That's what Jesus did. That's the, that's the price that was paid. The price paid for our redemption. We overcame because Jesus died for us. Is there anything else involved in it? Is there anything else uh, in addition to Jesus dying for us that is needed for our overcoming life. Yes, here's the other part. We have to say something. I'm not saved just because Jesus died for me. 
You're not saved just because God did all the, did all the work. Uh, I mean, he did all the paying. But there's a part of our side that we must get involved with. I'm saved because of his blood and because of my testimony. Say, I'm saved because Jesus died for me on the cross. No, you're not. You're saved because Jesus died for you on the cross and you confessed his lordship in your life. But if you didn't ever say Jesus is Lord, then you're not saved. Even though all your sins are paid for. Even though every disease was washed away and paid for in full by him, you'll still end up living apart from that. I have to say something about it. I have to say I'm saved. I have to say I'm forgiven. I have to say I'm healed. I have to say I'm blessed and no longer cursed. I have to, re- I have to say I am a child of God. Yeah. And so if that's the way that the Lord set this up, that the redeemed would need to say something, that the, that the blood washed would need to testify, then all of hell is going to work against you and against me to get us to shut up. To get us to be weak and timid and to hide and almost be embarrassed of our lives and embarrassed of our testimony. No, not going to do it. (laughs) Amen. There's got to be something that stirs up on the inside of us that says, no, I'm just not going to go there. I'm just not going to be a part of it. I'm not going to shrink back. The Lord is not pleased with those who draw back. Amen. I tell you, uh, when, when you have something and you know that you have it, then you can speak up with confidence and boldness. And this is the day the Lord wants us to speak up. I wonder what in the world is happening in here. I wonder what in the world God is dealing with some people about that you've had some things happen and they were God-level events. God experiences Maybe your salvation and maybe uh, any other number of manifestations of that salvation. But you haven't been telling it. You haven't been testifying. You haven't been sharing it. And I tell you something, well, I don't know what to say. Yes, you do. You say, what happened? Amen. I can't tell your story. You can't tell my story. At least not very well. I mean, not as good. I can tell you if you, I can repeat it. but, but, But you can tell your story. And the Lord wants to work in your life to such a degree where you have something to say. Praise God. Look over at 1 John. 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. Say it out loud with me. Say, I am the redeemed. And I will not be silent. I'll not be intimidated. I am moved by the Spirit of God, by the Spirit of boldness, to speak up, to speak out, and let my voice be heard. Amen, amen. It seems like in the world today, whenever someone decides to do something totally ungodly and unrighteous and unholy, they celebrate it. They throw a parade and, come and, and do all, all kinds of stuff to, to celebrate their ungodliness. And Christians are like, ah, we can't say anything. I don't want to offend anybody. Listen, the gospel is offensive. It is. I don't want to offend someone with being rude or being unloving or anything. But what do I want to offend people with Jesus? Totally. <laughs> Why? See, that's kind of strange to say it that way. 
You'll find that language all through the New Testament. He is called the rock of offense. In other words, uh, uh, it's a stumbling stone. To, he is a stumbling stone to different people for different reasons. Some, because they're so intellectual, they think, how can salvation be? How foolish is that? Someone died for your sins and now you're going to heaven? Yeah, it's a, that's offensive to them to speak that way. Right? Some, uh, there's different reasons. But he is that. And uh, do I want I mean, to say, do you want to offend people? In, I'd rather have them accept him. But if I, if I somehow water down Jesus what he is and what he, is, what he has done, then he becomes something less than the Savior, something less than the healer, something less than the deliverer. In, in, in 1 John, we see uh, in chapter 1, 1 John 1, verse 3, it reads, That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Notice that how, how he used that language. That which we have seen and heard declare we to you. Again, I have an experience with Him, and that's what I want to talk to you about. So someone said, I don't really know all the... I don't know very much Scripture, and I didn't go to Bible school, and I don't, I, I don't, I don't know how, how I can share with people what they need to hear and what they need to know. Well, have you seen anything? Have you heard anything? I mean, are you an eyewitness to anything that God has done? And if you are, that's what you declare. It's not complicated to share... God did this in my life. And for anyone who's saved, He has redeemed you. He has set you free. He has forgiven you and given you eternal life. You have at minimum that experience. Amen, amen. Praise God. And then as you walk with Him, as you continue on with the Lord, these things will increase more and more, and you'll have more and more uh, examples and testimonies of God's power and Word working in your life. What do you do with them each time they happen? You testify. You testify. Tell of what good things the Lord has done for you. Amen, amen, amen. Jesus frequently would tell people that. Go, you know, like the lepers, go show yourself to the priest. Go give your testimony. Go share what good things the Lord has done for you. And this is a day and age when we are not supposed to be silent. We cannot be quiet any longer. I'm not talking about being rude or boisterous or anything like that in any way. I'm talking about sincerely, humbly, and boldly. Amen? No pride whatsoever, but humbly and boldly, with great confidence, we share what God has done. When you do it, watch Him get all over it. He will back you up. He will back the message up. When you say it, when you say it confidently, when you say it boldly, He will get on it. He's looking for something to use so He can move in someone else's life. Amen, amen, amen. Everybody okay today? I tell you, the Lord wants the redeemed to speak up. He wants us to let our voice be heard. Yeah. Should we fill out those testimony cards? Absolutely. That's the, like the minimum because that's easy. Tell of what the Lord has done in your life. Should we be looking for opportunities to speak up? 
and share. It doesn't have to look like what somebody else did. It needs to look like you. He knows who you are, knows your personality, knows the way you would do it, and he still called you to be a part of his team. In the early church, you know, in Acts chapter 4, the Scripture says that they started praying. And, they, and their prayer was interesting. It said, they, they said, uh, Lord, we ask you that with... Uh, um, uh, let's see, what did he say there? He said, they said, Lord, uh, stretch out your hand to heal that mighty signs and wonders would be wrought by the name of your holy servant, Jesus. That was their prayer. Stretch forth your hand. Whose hand? God's hand. To heal. That mighty signs and wonders would be wrought. And, uh, and th- what happened is as they prayed, they prayed that prayer, and then something else happened. It didn't, it didn't follow up with, and the Lord stretched forth his hand and healed, and mighty signs and wonders took place, and the, the apostles stood back and said, nice. Way to go, God. <laughs> no, what happened, it says they were all filled with the Spirit of God, and this was a refilling for them. All right, they were already filled before. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Say, how come the Lord didn't give them mighty signs and wonders and miracles? He did, but he didn't do it the way they thought it would be done. We sometimes want to sit back and pray. Oh, Lord, just do it. Lord, just work in the valley here today. I pray that you would save people. You would draw people to the church. That you would work in their lives. I, I don't mean that's not a You might be sincere. I've prayed that before and been sincere. But sometimes we're praying wrong. Because the, the idea is now we're going to go, Oh, and thank you, Lord, I'm going to stand in faith. Hallelujah. I believe Treasure Valley is coming to Jesus. I'm just trusting you. Thank you, Lord, that you're working in their lives. And you can say it with a little preacher voice. It even helps. (laughs) But what's what's the, the answer to that prayer? Here's the way it worked with them is I get filled. I get refilled. And I speak the word with boldness. Because miracles and signs and wonders are the manifestation or result of a bold proclamation of the word, of the gospel. Not, God, go get them. Make it happen, Lord. His response to that is going to be, I'm putting my spirit in you. So you can speak. So you can no longer be timid. So you can no longer be intimidated by this. And you can just simply share the good things that I have done. What was the result of their experience? Signs and wonders and mighty deeds. And the Lord added daily to the church such that we're coming in and being saved. It was very much increasing and growing. It was amazing things that were taking place. And that's the same way the Lord wants to work through you and through me in this valley. Are you praying? Good, I'm praying too. But know the right know the how the Lord's going to respond. He's going to stir us up to speak up, to speak out and to tell the world how good he is. Amen.
Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, let's stop right there. Well, you have to stop right there. There's another service. It's not like I had anything else planned because <laughs> I didn't have any of that planned. Hallelujah. I don't know what we're going to do next service now either. 